We want to welcome back to the channel, and this is Stern's Tech Talk. We are on episode seven, and uh, we got Miguel here, and I'm JD. And so we got some official news. Uh, Apple has announced its first fall event. So uh, this is supposed to take place on seventh, the seventh of September, uh, which is a Wednesday. And um, we do have another event that is uh, rumored to come along in sometime in October. Um, so, and the fact that this, um, this event is in September is taking place about a week early than is typical for Apple. Uh, I think it's more so because, um, they kind of want to space these two events out. Um, even though it's right after Labor Day weekend, um, and, you know, we kind of suspected that maybe, you know, production would be delayed and supply chains would you know have issues but um nope this is official we've we've got an event um from apple so we're excited um not sure yeah i'm not sure uh what you're most excited about miguel as far as products but um well i assume that the the first event will um be talking about mainly all the uh, software updates right um, I mean, technically WWDC normally takes care of the software updates, yeah. uh, but I'm sure they'll kind of talk about how that, you know, integrates into the iPhones. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll have the, f we'll have the four iPhones with, uh, 14, 14 plus or max, and then 14 pro 14 pro max. Um, and then after that, there's a bit of speculation on whether or not they're going to announce the, uh, AirPods pro, or if they're going to leave that for the October event. Um, that's still one that's kind of up in the air. Um, so, and then there's been a lot of just, I don't even want to say people are saying this, you know, officially as a rumor, but um, people are really curious as to whether or not there will be a one more thing. Uh, and that will be the announcement of their AR VR headset. So um, <laughs> the, 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 in case you guys haven't seen the official um, email or announcement from Apple, the event is called Far Out. So we're not exactly sure if that, you know, alludes to something being visually far out, like AR, VR, or something like that. But um, some people have kind of speculated on that. So Yeah, we originally um, announced that um, the uh, far out, or I think it was a f one of our first episodes, actually, that we did, um, or wasn't even put on the uh, podcast but yeah we did talk about it um an unaired pilot yes yeah there we go <laughs> we had multiple um, of those <laughs> yeah first first tries to see how, how how things would go but we actually did um we did talk about it in in passing uh but now it's it's getting close and so we're actually curious to see whether or not that's going to happen i would also like to say um i am actually i'm not going to get it i'm well i'm going to wait until the 15 comes with the magenta plan and whatnot um but if I were to get uh, the 14 to be the Pro, but I am also very excited that they're finally releasing a Max version where uh, the consumer is able to purchase a larger phone without having to uh, have any 
added on expenses of having a pro version. I think this is a really great move by Apple. I was really excited because now people, I think you're going to start to see a lot more people purchasing this product, uh, even more so because before it was, you know, with like, say the iPhone 8, you were able to choose between a plus version and the base model. So it wasn't all like, you know, pro pro max spends thousands of dollars and well, not thousands, but spend a, a pretty penny for it. Now you can actually just get a bigger phone like you were able to f quite a few years back. So I'm really glad they did that, and I'm very excited to see uh, what else they're bringing about here. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, we've kind of been excited to actually see that you know come to fruition as far as just a bigger phone. Um and it, it's 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 a bittersweet moment just because I know there's a lot of people out there that enjoy the uh, mini lineup. I'm honestly one of them. Uh, I enjoy the fact that it exists. Uh, it's, it's not technically for me, um, but I do like the fact that it's something that's compact. It's something that alludes to you know previous models like the iPhone five or five S. Um, but uh, needless to say, um, people definitely are you know itching towards getting a a bigger phone. Um, because one thing that kind of comes into the mix is when you, when you take away the pro title, uh, it takes away those certain features. Well, when you take right. away those certain features, it gives the internal more room for battery. So exactly. really what you have is a lower priced, um, you know, max phone that has a slightly bigger, longer battery life, um, lower price tag and then a bigger screen. So uh, I, th I think, like you're saying, that model will definitely do well in the market. Um, it's not obviously the first time that we've, you know, seen big phones get the hype, but at a, at a lower cost, I feel like it's a good thing for Apple for sure. So, yeah. um, and then we all also expected to have, of course, the, um, the Apple Watch. So you'll have the Series 8, and uh, I believe they're also expecting the uh, a revised SE. So um, That's good. And then we'll obviously have the Series 8 Pro uh, that we've kind of mentioned in the past about having the titanium um, chassis and then I think like 6 or 7% larger screen. So um, I'm just going to kind of <laughs> – when I watch this event, I'm going to be laughing at that price tag because seeing it, you know, come out with like eight nine $900, maybe $1,000, um, I'm just going to kind of have to chuckle at that one. But it is what it is, so if people yeah. want to pay that major premium price – um, I am intrigued by the fact that, you know, okay, what pro features are they going to add to it? Um, but it doesn't make me any too happy about uh, the actual price tag that we're expecting to see. So it's Apple um, for you. It's Apple for you. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And then we might also get some expected uh, dates on when to uh, see the public release of iOS 16 and watch OS 9. Um, that's not for sure, but um, we expect it to. It typically happens when the users and stores get the phones. So when they receive them in the mail or whether the stores get the shipment stock on that day, that's typically when you see a public release of iOS because that's when they'll have the iPhone 14s and they'll have iOS 16 and then the public will also get iOS 16 for previous models. So, um, but we may get a confirmation on that for that event as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'd also just like to add a small tidbit here. There are uh, just kind of uh, going off what you're saying in regards to battery, there are those who just really... You don't really see it a whole lot or hear of it a whole lot, but there are people, and I'm sure there are a lot of people, who only care about extended battery life. Uh, and so for the Max version, again, it's just a, a really great idea right here. So 
Uh, and moving along, uh, we're now coming to the uh, Fitbit. Uh, they've announced uh, its next-gen lineup with the Inspire 3, the Versa 4, and the Sense 2 um, uh, that continue to offer a decent range of attractive price tags. So uh, what do you think Yeah, they that? do. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's... it's um, I don't necessarily think that, like, Fitbit is fantastic. Um, you know, obviously, Google acquired them a little while back. And um, so, you know, they're still staying fairly steady with what they've been doing before. Um, they're expected to, you know, um, introduce some of the uh, Google Pay and stuff like that with uh, some of these watches here. And um, But, yeah, so you have the Inspire 3 is going to be about $100, $99.95. And then you've got the uh, Versa 4, uh, 229.95, so 230, and then the Sense 2 that uh, comes in around 300, so um, which is pretty much their premium smartwatch. Um, and I actually owned a Fitbit in the past, and um, some relatives of mine own them as well. Uh, they're they're pretty nice. They they do have a, a longer battery life than you know you get with some of the more premium watches out there. You know Samsung, Apple. Um, so they're, they're really honed in on the fitness tracking and not trying to, you know, worry about battery consumption. So some of them get like between three to five days of battery life, uh, depending on how you stretch it, you could probably even get a week out of them as well. But, um, but they do have their new lineup. So we just did want to announce that for all of you, um, Fitbit fans out there. So, um, and then, uh, we did want to announce, uh, that in case you guys are still trying to save some money. The uh, Google Pixel 6a is um, not only still on discount, but they've actually dropped down even further. It is now down to 370. So uh, that still um, accounts for all of the three colors that they have there. So um, if you guys are itching to get a Google Pixel 6a, um, they're out there and they're at an even lower price. They're under. They're actually undercutting the um, the MSRP of the iPhone SE 2020. So that came in at 399. So, um, I think personally, I think that that phone is really nice for what you're getting. Um, uh, it definitely has that, uh, almost premium build to it. Uh, obviously some of the materials are swapped out when you, you know, take away the pro or even just the original pixel six. Um, but you still get the Google tensor chip and, um, you know, that whole entire, um, collage of, uh, picture features and, you know, AI adjustments on the photography. But uh, I definitely like that 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 phone exists uh, right alongside the iPhone SE and then the um, the Samsung A series. So, um, but that actually kind of led into a topic with um, phones and value. And I think Miguel, you kind of wanted to hit on that a little bit. Yes. Uh, so I was just doing a lot of research recently. I, w- I was thinking about it um, for the last couple of days. And for those of you who, um, th- I think there are two different types of people. Some who just want the specific types of, of specs for the phone, like if you're all about cameras or storage or display or what have you. And then there are people who want to buy a phone and they don't want to lose the value on it. Um, so we're just going to take a little bit of time on, on today's uh, episode and just talk about uh, depreciation. Uh, for those of you who don't know what depreciation is, it's basically uh, uh, change in value over time. Uh, I would say bad change in value, uh, kind of like how they say, you know, car depreciates every year about 20%. Uh, for phones, it's much different. Each phone has a much more uh, crazy depreciation than the others. For example, uh, Motorola is one of the 
not so great ones. Uh, I believe it was to their compare f- that into the car market. That would be like a Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not pretty to much. say that Motorola is a Cadillac, but Cadillacs have crazy depreciation. So anyway, go ahead, Miguel. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so the uh, Motorola 5G, I think it is, that thing depreciated in value 95%, um, I believe, from its original purchase. I know because um, my wife and I, on our honeymoon, we uh, purchased her a uh, the 5G. And, uh, you know, at, at the time, I thought it was like an okay phone. Um, but then I, I realized just this past month, like, man, that thing is not all that great in terms of you know for modern day specs for eight hundred dollars or more you'd expect a more of a premium product not to say what it's does a bad it have on there thing. um it's got uh so the cameras it's a uh wide angle uh shot with 48 megapixel uh so for normal normally on a samsung phone you'd have it one lens that's 120 megapixels so in comparison it's okay um let's see and you guys got to remember that the reason why we're harping on this is because this phone is 800 dollars. so yeah well <laughs> that's when we it bought it for MSRP. no but that's yeah but let me tell you though because now this phone you can actually buy it for 200 dollars. i'm not kidding that's and, and what's one of the reasons why i was talking about this because um there's a lot there's a lot of data right here that i've got with me uh, let's see here. Why is well from my perspective, I feel like a lot of it has to feed into the fact that like how many people are going to turn around and buy a used Motorola. So exactly the isn't there. because and this is one of the things that goes into a depreciation is the phone. I wouldn't say necessarily popular, but are people desirable? Desi- yeah, desirable. Is, is it wanted in, in the um, I guess you could say digital community? Um, and if it's not too much, that has a major play on its value over time if you look at apple uh, in 2020 apple's uh depreciation value uh their average depreciation value should say was 22 percent okay samsung's was 33 and google's was 38 so that basically means that uh, you know if you're if you're out there and you're looking at these these you know these phones um you're looking at around what is it 77 78 percent value is held on an yes. iPhone. So it's, pre- yes. it's pretty impressive. And and that's why I always say that iPhones are the Toyotas of the smartphone world. They are. Because to- Toyotas, if, if, if you guys have ever done, you know, used car buying, um, those are the, probably one of the most popular used um, cars out there. And um, they really do hold their value. And I think part of, and I'm sure probably what you're going to say is part of it has to do with the desirability, but it also has to do with the longevity of as well, you know, because you're not going to want to buy a car that doesn't last that long. You're going to want to buy one that, you know, at least gives you another five, 10, 15, 20 years if you're lucky. And that is exactly, you know, in the, in the digital world, um, that time frame is shrunk. So you're talking maybe three, four five years at the most. Um, So, yeah. And that's, Sorry, I feel like I'm monopolizing this topic here. <laughs> no, no, you're totally fine. Um, see, for me personally, I would be... Uh, I mentioned uh, Magenta earlier. T-Mobile has this thing where you can do a trade-in every two years uh, and get like... You have to pay like a two or three hundred deductible depending on the phone you got. So uh, JD and I will be getting our iPhone 15 uh, and we'll only be paying one to three hundred maybe, um, which is actually not too bad. That's normally what you probably sell it for would be probably six or seven hundred dollars, and then you get the next new phone. 
Um, but I'm excluding that for this uh, topic here because um, that's kind of a cheat way to do it. You have a, a service that allows you to trade in. I just want to know the base uh, trade like purchase value that you can get for it nowadays. Um, but uh, and obviously there are a lot of other things that uh, have an impact on your depreciation right? As soon as you open the box, right? The value already goes down. And you can tell this um, if you go online to Best Buy and you look at their um, their store in there and you go to open box stuff, it's discounted, right? Because you don't know if that phone has already been touched, used, or whatever. As soon as a phone is used, period, it has already lost like 10, 20, 30, depending, I don't know, could be quite a bit of money. Um, so that has a play in it. Obviously, usage, um, the way you get around this, obviously, you buy a case, you buy a screen protector, and that helps to some degree um, to lessen, you know, your, but there's no guarantee. Your dent. No, no, no. And, 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 the, and the store's not going to know that either. They're just going to give it the average pricing of an open exactly. box device. Um, I mean, for those of you guys that don't know, I actually worked at Best Buy for a couple of years, and I actually understand their process of what they do. And so it is right on point. Um, what, what Miguel is saying here is that, you know, you'll have customers that come back and they return a phone that they barely even used. They just found out they didn't like it mm-hmm. or they weren't expecting a certain type of, you know, user interface. It doesn't matter. Now there's some that, you know, do come back and maybe there's, there is something wrong with it and they returned it. Um, and then geek squad will normally go through and do a reset and get it to the point where it is working and, and, um, th- that'll, that'll determine whether it's been like a refurbished or open box, or whether it's been certified um, Geek Squad uh, open box. So there are certain things that feed into that resale. But as far as the actual overall depreciation, and when you just open the box, it's it's crazy. It really is interesting. It, it's it's really similar to you know driving off the lot, quote unquote. For sure. And that the other thing also that really drives this, and we actually um, you and I were talking about this um, recently, uh, is that with Samsung. They have a lot of discounts for their phones. They do. Apple does not. The only time that Apple ever does discounts at all is Black Friday sales, bundles, and um, also their new generation releases. Also that, yeah. Um, That's the only time. And an example for that one would be is we got the AirPods. Like I said, we're expecting the AirPods Pro to come out here either in September or October. And if you you want to get the AirPods Pro right now, the current generation, it's extremely discounted like it's actually pretty surprising how low yes. they are. but yeah that that plays into it and i think the reason why is because uh apple i feel like you have more security with apple right not so much with samsung yeah and we've we've discussed it before where privacy their policies. privacy policies yeah. are much stronger uh than samsung's not to say samsung doesn't have you know good support for their policy like that but apple always has had uh a much better um policy in that so you have much more security in that number one um number two of i think it was was it 2021 or 2020 i can't remember which one um 45 percent of americans that have a mobile device are apple users so already you have a sort of a sought off, and this doesn't exactly, you know, you can't say like, oh, because a phone is used by majority of the masses or close to the majority, then it's a better phone. Not necessarily. But what I am saying is because it's a more sought off phone, um, then I think most, I can't remember what Samsung's was, but um, because it is well, that Well, the thing you have to, yeah, I mean, the thing you have to consider here is um, 
that is one company. That is one ecosystem. If you're saying it's 45%, that means that 55% isn't just Samsung. It's all Android exactly. phones with maybe an exception to some other, you know, really minor operating system that people don't really notice that much. Um, but it's all Androids for the most part. So that would put in Google, OnePlus, Samsung, Vivo, um, Oppo. It, there's just there's so many Android brands out there that make up that 55%. Apple just has 45 and they make one phone. That's it. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing how that works. Um, and I think the, the other thing that you have to kind of take into consideration with that whole entire security aspect is you're not just buying a Samsung phone. Right. Okay. When you're looking at the security of Apple, it's just one company. They make the operating system and they make the hardware. When you're looking at Samsung, they make the hardware. But then you have Google who makes the software as well. And then so you have two companies that are going after potentially going after your data and then doing what they want with it. So, and they may, you know, they may emphasize, okay, we're secure and stuff like that. But if you think about it this way, um, they make a lot of revenue off of ads and stuff. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're primarily a software company as far as Google is at least concerned. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't like them as a, as a, as a company. I, I love their operating system. I really do enjoy um, Android. And I definitely enjoy the one UI that Samsung brings as um, their skin over Android. So, um, but that's just something to keep in mind when you're actually looking at that um, with both security and then the fact that, you know, you have a whole 55% of Android going against 45% of just one company. So, yeah. And that that's the other thing. Um, I was actually going to mention that, JD, uh, is, and it'd be, you had mentioned it, uh, messaged me this morning about it, uh, is that obviously Apple's mostly known for their phones right google's mostly known for their ad revenue and subscriptions like you said another example is windows known for their phone phones no (laughs) absolutely not they're known for their (laughs) software they gave it their shot (laughs) they gave it their shot they just recently released their um i think it was what kind of phone i forget what it was more of a it was a larger screen phone i think i can't remember exactly what it was but basically the idea was you were able to kind of use your phone as an actual sort of laptop kind of thing um the software was horrible it was slow uh it just was not appealing at all but that's not where windows um succeeds at yeah and i think uh i think what miguel is uh referring to is the duo and that 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 really did didn't really have the best groundbreaking you know interface in no. in, in its first iteration obviously we have the surface uh the surface duo 2 that's you know come out with some better improvements um, but yeah, really, they're, they're really not known for their phones. It's, yeah. it's been always been windows since the beginning or, of time, you know, back. Um, Go ahead. yeah. Or their laptops. They actually do really well with their laptops, their surface, um, pros there. Those yep. are actually really surface good books. Um, yep. but I think the whole, depending on who you ask, right. <laughs> uh, I, I think the whole idea is you want to put your money where you're selling your best at. And that's so Apple, they make their best revenue at their phones every single year. It's always their phones, no matter what it is. And it's crazy how that works, because when you think about the fact that, you know, 45 percent of you know users out there have an iPhone. Um, when you think about how many new phones are bought, the next gen iPhone 13, iPhone 14, iPhone 15, the sales are crazy. And then you look at all the used iPhones out there that get resold. 
it's it's pretty phenomenal when you, when you actually put it into perspective, you know, new versus used and how many and what the numbers are. Well, so. here's the crazy thing, and I couldn't believe this myself. I and I'm pretty sure this is correct uh, according to my research. In 2020, Apple sold 228 million phones. And that's not just including the phones that they released that year. That's including like everything. In fact, in 2020, their most um, most uh, used phone, I think, was the iPhone 8. Uh, and that only decre- decreased in 2%, <laughs> uh, if even that, um, in uh, depreciation. Samsung, however, 1.28 billion phones were sold that year. And yet, the depreciation is more higher with Samsung than apple that is crazy to yeah. me i i just couldn't believe that when i saw that because normally you'd think okay you have a phone company that sells way more phones than the other one obviously they have to have a better depreciation value no not really at all i mean yeah. it's not a major like spectrum like it's close but it's still far enough where you're questioning like how is this even possible and it has to do with like we said 45 percent of you know in the u.s are uh, iphone users so it's just crazy to think. So all in all, really, to, to just say all this, um, if you're looking for a phone that has uh, as less depreciation value as possible, Apple seems to be the number one. Uh, again, like I said, 22%. Uh, and that's going off of the site. I can, I'll actually put um, we'll put it in the description. It's called bankmycell.com. Uh, yep. You can go right in and check it out. It li- gives you lists, and I mean lists of data and so much information on all of these phones. Uh, it even gives you like the uh, models of like Samsung's, Motorola, um, Google, LG, all these different phones, and uh, it's R.I.P. LG. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, yeah, so and it tells you all that information about that. And Apple seems to be just if you're wanting a phone that you're going to get value back in. Um, Apple seems to be the number one. But if you're just if you're a person that just cares about mostly like eh, I don't care about so much about depreciation as much because I'm gonna you know turn it in for trade in for another phone, then by all means do what you will. More power to you. I think that's a lot where the uh, the lower you know mid rangers or or budget phones because um, honestly when you think about three hundred eighty dollars, that is pushing the budget territory right there. Yeah, um, you're right on the low end of uh, of the mid rangers. So. Um, I think that's really a good spot to be in. And, you know, with Google, they're, you know, they're going to give you um, what they've said to be three years of software upgrades. And um, and I also think that a lot of that, that feeds into um, how much it depreciates when it comes to iPhones because typically you get about four or five, maybe even six years of software upgrades. So for people out there that upgrade every once or every other year, you still have about three years left of software upgrades on that phone. And you're like, okay, I'm good. I still have the features. I'm not really worried about, you know, the latest and greatest, but I'm getting what I want out of this phone. And then you turn that right around. You look at a Samsung phone that's already been discounted. You know, you're already losing all that value because the, the market already knows that, okay, this phone has been discounted for a long time. And so most people are going to get it at this price and that value has already dropped. So it's pretty crazy what it looks like in the, mar- in the, in the smartphone world. But, um, yeah, definitely an interesting topic to uh, go over here. So with that being said, uh, we'll move on to the last announcement, and that is uh, Apple has released uh, iOS Beta 8, um, developer Beta 5 yesterday, and um, they didn't see anything come out as far as uh, watchOS, tvOS, um, macOS, any of that. 
it was just iOS for right now. Um, so didn't obviously, as, as we've said before, we're really not expecting any more features. This has just been pretty much uh, bug fixes, battery improvements, crash improvements and stuff like that. So, um, I've already got it on my phone. Uh, Miguel's uh, downloading and installing it um, later tonight as well. It's verifying the update so, right now. <laughs> it's verifying the update. Um, yep, there it goes. Now so it's restarting. It's restarting. I think I think that goes all the way back to your topic that you had on a couple of weeks back where the fact that you couldn't install it because the battery level was so low. Yeah. And you said it was like 14%, so I wouldn't really trust that either. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, the storage came in anywhere between about 100 to maybe 250 megabytes, depending on your model. Um, it really shouldn't even be that big. So, uh, unless you're upgrading from, you know, if you're jumping betas, like from six to eight or from five to eight, then it'd probably be a little bit bigger than that. But, uh, overall it, it shouldn't be a problem. You should be able to have that installed fairly quickly depending on your download speeds. But yeah, there were just, um, mainly bug fixes, not a whole lot of differences. Uh, and so far from using, uh, beta six, haven't noticed anything, uh, different other than the stuff I mentioned last week. Uh, so yeah, I think we're, we're heading right on to getting the full iOS 16 here in a couple of weeks. So, um, really excited yeah, about they'll that. They'll probably have the, uh, yeah, we're expecting the release candidate to be, probably could come out right after the event ends on the 7th. That's, that's the estimated release candidate date. And then, like we said, we'll probably see the full public release sometime when the iPhones actually hit the stores and the uh, the residents. So, well, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Uh, we really do hope you enjoyed all the content that we have provided. Um, definitely a big breakdown on that depreciation. And uh, we are definitely excited about what's coming around the corner with Apple. If you did like the episode, uh, leave us a thumbs up, also as well as a review. And uh, we'll go ahead and catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out. Peace out.